1: What will we do with a drunken sailor, what will we do with a drunken sailor, what will we do with a drunken sailor, and a light of heart, and <laughs> ship, with black sails, that's crewed by the damned.
0: Welcome aboard the Black Pearl.
1: Welcome to the Black Pearl Show. Pirates of the Caribbean Minute Podcast, where we, yeah, analyze, scrutinize, and plunder Pirates of the Caribbean films one blimey minute at a time. I'm Scott Artis from
0: scottartis.com. And I'm Heather Artist from BlackPearlMinute.com.
1: Thanks for joining us for Minute 39 of Dead Man's Chest. I just gotta have more Pirate Word of the Week, baby. Guess what? I got a fever. And the only prescription is more Pirate Word of the Week.
0: Thought What's the pirate more, more cowbell. What, somebody's
1: <laughs> done this before? What? So I'm basically just, I've come up with something that's already been done before. Is that what you're saying? That's weird. There's a lot of people in this world. It's not amazing, I guess, that somebody would come up with some other idea that there's been out there. More cowbell, more though. Cowbell. I don't understand. What's that mean? <laughs> What's the pirate word of the week, Heather?
0: Son of a double eyed whore from the reeking gutters of Rotterdam.
1: Arr! I think my mom's going to take that personally.
0: <laughs>
1: <What in> the, <laughs> blimey, hell is going on over there.
0: It's ex- It was uh, extremely offensive.
1: No kidding. <laughs> I feel or a little put out right now, to be honest with you.
0: Contemptible or worthless person.
1: No kidding. <laughs> Wow, that's a heck of a
0: <laughs> it's pretty phrase
1: to get out, too.
0: <laughs> poetic, though.
1: It is poetic, if you like <laughs> that harsh criticism kind of stuff. But man, yeah, that's, a, that's quite the mouthful there. Yes, it is.
0: Obviously, well, what's it a didn't...
1: double-eyed, though? What's that have to do with things?
0: <laughs> yeah, As close. opposed to... It should have been like triple-eyed or something.
1: You know, back in the day, yeah. Because the double-eyed, well, that's... Just,
0: Okay, it's thank horrible. you. Thank you okay. for that.
1: At least, you know.
0: Maybe maybe the whores back in the day weren't double eyed.
1: That's possible. They all had one eye. Maybe. Not that we have anything against people with one eye or calling them whores. No, but no, the no, whores no. in the day typically apparently had one eye.
0: Yeah. I mean And
1: to be a double eye now, that's just yeah. blasphemy. Nobody wanted to see those guys.
0: I, I guess not. I guess it was, you know. Pirates wear the patches, so they expected their whores to right. wear whore the patches also. That's a good point. <laughs> that's where it so came from. if you didn't wear a patch, then you're a double-eyed whore, which is blasphemy. I'm
1: sure back in the day that maybe that's why pirates wore the eye patches. Maybe they actually wore both patches on eyes because they just didn't want to see what was going
0: Ain't on In And a there. clothespin on their nose?
1: Arr! What are you saying? <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> And this goes
1: dirty real quick. (laughs) Literally dirty.
0: No, because everybody was stinky, remember? I know what you're saying.
1: That's exactly my point. Nobody
0: took a bath and...
1: That's what I'm saying. Nobody wants to see that. I guess you're right. Or smell that.
0: Or smell that.
1: By the way, I definitely wanted to mention that listener and member of the Cursed Listeners crew Facebook group shared a link to the pirate reenactment group he belongs to, Clan Darksail. Oh, yeah. Did you go see it? You didn't go see it yet. How dare you? I haven't the time had a chance to go do that and show no, us this, and I you just, didn't.
0: I just haven't had a chance. I'm gonna check it out tomorrow, though.
1: Better check it out. I mean, because they started this video series, the clan that he belongs to, Clan Darksail, tackling all things pirate history. I mean, the first episode was released recently, and it's on my always favorite topic, the blunderbuss, a weapon of choice for shooting from the hip and blasting people. Kind of like the show here, blasting people. I just love doing that.
0: I did watch the teaser one, though.
1: Yeah, the teaser one was good, too. Yeah. Letting us know what was coming. But the Darksdale clan has quite a selection of incredible, like, period weapons. And since Richard covers blunderbusses in this episode, he even breaks out a few for discussion and firing, which is pretty cool. My favorite has to be this hand mortar. It just has this look about it with a very short, wide enough barrel to shoot a grenade out of it. Which is, let me just say, is awesome.
0: (laughs) Anything
1: that shoots a grenade is awesome. When you tackle something from, say, the 16th and 17th centuries, I think they're more of a 17th century kind of group there, the 1600s. I'm sure they'll let me know if I'm wrong. (laughs) I think it's the 1700s or 17th century, 1600s. But yeah, a 17th century grenade. Gun. We'll just call it that. A shooter. That sounds a like hand fun. Mortar. Yeah, it does sound like as fun. As long
0: as it doesn't backfire.
1: I mean, come on. Who doesn't want to shoot a grenade from a black powder gun? Check it out. That's all I have to say. Clan Dark Sale. Find them on Facebook and YouTube. As mentioned, Adam also posted to the listeners group. So join if you want to check it out. We have occasional posts related to things discussing whatever we've talked about in the episodes, thoughts, questions, and Pirates of the Caribbean news and all kinds of other stuff. So there you go. Thanks again, Adam. Did that sound like I said Adam or Annam?
0: His name's Adam. There you go.
1: Thanks, Adam. In the previous minute, Leech shows he has no shame, definitely no courtesy, and simply throws caution to the wind when his animal instincts kick in and he decides grabbing your snake while suspended in a bone cage, surrounded by your mates, is less than taboo than winding up in a cannibal stew with a dash of paprika. Meanwhile, thanks to an unprotected encounter with the Pelagostos or two, Chief Jack Sparrow finds he now has one hell of a case of... Wi-Fi down below.
0: <laughs> <Today's>... That's awesome. <laughs> Glad
1: you get such a kick out of that.
0: <laughs> Again, this shows we don't read each other's notes. <laughs> <laughs> Today's
1: episode brought to you by Loterman,
0: putting out your unwanted fire
1: fast. And by Trojan, reminding us to think of them when we can't keep our snake in our pants. <laughs> Minute 39 begins with... <laughs> Are you okay over there? There Just a minute breakdown. You saw the minute. You know what happened.
0: You saw all this
1: take place.
0: Breakdown seems more fun than the minute.
1: Why, thank you. I'll take that to Gore (laughs) himself and see what he says. Minute 39 begins with the bridge native running back to the Jack Sparrow cookout, having watched one of the bone cages and its occupants plummet to their death, and the other quickly ascending the ravine wall towards escape. The native alerts the tribe and Jack by saying, Dalitazo, Dalitozo. How'd I do with that? (laughs) Not very good. I
0: guess you did pretty good.
1: I need to practice it. That way it flows better. (laughs) All eyes turn to Chief Jack for his orders. The minute ends with Jack successfully bouncing off the spit as the fire burns. He begins to run away, still tied to the pole, when we transition to Will Turner and the crew cutting their bone cage free from the rope vine. The Pelagostas are all about to start cooking Jack. Okay? (laughs) We know this. Yes. Old school spit style. When the bridge native runs in and alerts everyone that all hell is breaking loose in the pantry. Okay, we know this is what's going on. The native runs in and alerts everyone.
0: In the pantry?
1: Yeah, that everything (laughs) is going to hell, right? Some of the crew fell to the jungle floor, and the others are on the verge of escaping. Instead of addressing the medicine man or the shaman, this guy actually looks like he's talking to Jack. Tied up.
0: The chief? The
1: about-to-be-rotisserie Jack, (laughs) and he's telling him this stuff.
0: Yeah. What's I, the hell with
1: that? That's all I gotta I,
0: say. I found it kind of strange that everybody looks to Jack for the answer of the escaping prisoners.
1: Yeah. They all look I don't to it. It's like get they're it, all looking to Jack the for the orders. They're all looking to Jack yeah, for the orders.
0: But they're cooking the guy.
1: Dear Chief, we're about to cook and eat you, but would you mind giving us a command here? Give us some advice. What well, should we do?
0: Well it's it must be a uh oh I can't think of it. Like a That's
1: a shocker. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Like a good thing that they're cooking the chief, you know, it's good. Well, that's true.
1: They're really sold on the idea that this is a god in human form. Yeah. He's okay with us freeing him from this skin bag or whatever we want to call it. His human, (laughs) his human fleshy thing. Okay. That's what he would want if they're right. Right. I don't want that, but he does. Okay. That's what they're saying. What kind of mentality is that though? That's what happens when you eat too much pirate though. It clouds your thinking that, you know what? I think he's going to enjoy this. (laughs)
0: But then after he's gone, who's going to give him their direction? Yeah. What do they do then? I mean, they're going to look to the gods.
1: Do they get another chief? Does this just keep going? Okay. This is a good question. Does this routine just keep folding over and folding over? It's like an endless circle kind of deal. They eat this one. He ascends and they're all, man, that God was sure tasty.
0: And who's going to help us uh, answer uh, questions?
1: We got a new one. Yay.
0: <laughs> right?
1: No one's going to volunteer for that. They're like, hey, we need a new chief. Do you think everybody's giving uh, each other the no. eyeballs there? We yeah. don't want to volunteer for that. Hell no. But yeah, they, I think they're really sold on this idea with their mysticism here that this is a god in human form. He obviously wants this. It's going to free him. He's going to have all his godly powers once we take him off this earth. And by the way, we're all a little hungry.
0: Yes. Well, will they eat him after, actually? Yeah, they eat him. They'll eat him? Yeah. Okay.
1: But the question is, do they have to then elect a new chief? Well, yeah. Or do they elect an actual chief then at this point? Because maybe Jack shows up and Jack convinced him that he was a god. Right. And then he gets to be made their chief. And then he realizes, like, oh... This is yeah. This is a bad thing now because they're going to eat me. But maybe it's not as bad as that they would have just eaten me and thrown me in a bone cage. At least I have had some power here. Some yeah. say over them. I guess that's okay. And then he can plan his escape. That's probably what was going on there. Probably. It's like C-3PO in the Ewoks.
0: Yes, I forgot. They thought he was chief.
1: No, more like a god though. Yeah. But he was kind of the chief because they ended up listening to him. Thanks to Master Jedi, Luke Skywalker. Gives him a little force helping hand to believe that he really was there. But at least the Ewoks This is
0: the droid you are looking for. Well,
1: exactly. The Ewoks are smarter than the Pelagostos. Because they didn't think that C-3PO was a real god, even though he was golden, okay? Yeah. They didn't really think that he was a god and had magic powers at that point. They saw, hey, golden man. Okay, that's pretty cool. The Pelagostos obviously... Thought Jack was him and he doesn't have any force powers to be floating about. No. He just convinced him. So I guess Jack is superior to C-3PO and Luke Skywalker because Jack didn't need the force to be able to trick these guys. Or then again, the Pelagosas really are not as smart on the tool scale here. Well, they're they're looking, not the sharpest tool in the shed. Kind they're of looking
0: deal. to a man they're going to cook for direction.
1: Exactly. That's never a good sign.
0: No. This fire torch man is pretty careless with his torch.
1: He is, too. Smokey the Bear would not be happy <laughs> with this guy. He
0: just drops it down. I mean, mind you, there is a fire right there. Or prepare, ready for a fire. But he just drops it down. But And their houses are right there. Well, they
1: live in kind of a rainy area.
0: Mm. Yeah, but still.
1: They're just uh, not used to that. Like, yeah. what? This stuff actually gets out of control? Yeah. <laughs> Liars. Never happens. <laughs> Again... It comes back to maybe the Pelagostos weren't the sharpest cannibals in the Caribbean. Right. This time we get some choice Umshoko words in this minute as well. At least ones we can actually translate, not just infer their meaning like we do some of them.
0: Like baliki
1: Yeah, baliki liki. Jack says pelala, which means get them. So there you go, all you guys out there looking to speak Umshoko, when you're training with your Klingon, you can now <laughs> add Umshoko to the. What? to the studies, to the yes. classroom setting, to the to the schedule. Yes. The bridge native also uses the word "latazo," which means chief. Latazo, latazo. But I don't really have anything other than that because I couldn't translate anything else specifically. I mean, we get their meanings based on what's going on, but right? I couldn't really do that. Like when he says all that, it's like, oh my god, you don't know what just happened. I was standing up on the bridge. I mean, I'll give you it's a short few words, so there's a lot of Things in sentences that go into each of these words for the Umshoko language. But I was standing on this bridge just walking and minding my own business, guarding our lunch, when all of a sudden I see these guys trying to climb the wall, which is crazy. And then one of them grabs a snake, it falls, and it snaps the vine, and they go plummeting into their death. It was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Let's go get our dinner. Exactly. They don't wanna, they wanna see that. That's actually why they're going. It's not like get them, it's like we gotta see this action. Exactly. I think there's probably a whole nother thing going on there now. Now they're just going to be putting people in the bone cages and swinging them about as some <laughs> kind of game now. I do have to say that Jack can really rally the troops. I think I mentioned this in Curse of the Black Pearl. Oh, I think it was with actually more of Barbosa able to rally the troops. Yes. But Jack here, he has this ability to excite the masses, get everyone riled up, and give the shout back.
0: If you have the right tone and the right attitude...
1: Is that what it is? And the is? right
0: excitement. You can get anybody riled up.
1: I mean, if he ever decides to leave the pirate trade, he should think about a sports mascot or a motivational speaker. I some go kind for of a
0: motivational speaker.
1: Before you know it, everyone would be shouting back his command and running off with torches and spears. And plus, maybe living in a van down by the river. I <laughs> can't remember what that guy's name was. What did Chris Farley play that? What was that guy's name who was a motivational oh, I speaker? I don't know. I am a motivational speaker. And I am living in a van down by the river. Okay, he did it better. Slightly yeah. better. How dare you?
0: You got You can say it better than that. I've i heard did. you.
1: I just, I didn't want to, I didn't want everybody in the listening audience to go, my God, this guy is so talented. If they were to hear that impression of Chris Farley as whoever that guy is, it was the motivational speaker. Damn it. We've had a number of SNL references this show already. Ah, the good old- Matt Foley. Yeah, Matt Foley. Good one. Nice job <laughs> coming up with that. Which is oddly strange. I'm guessing the internet was at your fingertips. Because you
0: <laughs> are the person that confuses
1: Anthony Hopkins, Harrison Ford, and whoever else on that list.
0: Oh, I hang on. a Whole Sean Connery.
1: Whole like list all of one people. person.
0: I found a new one the other day, remember? No. It was the guy that's on um, a TV show. A uh, movie.
1: You mean Guardians of Guardians the of the Galaxy. See, this is why. You can't remember Guardians of the Galaxy, but we're expecting They're and Avengers. trying to believe that... The, you know, the Matt Ravagers, fully, the Ravagers, the
0: guy with the Ravagers, yeah, and the Walking Dead, and the Cheers guy, Woody, and, oh,
1: Woody Harrelson, yeah, in The Last Jedi, <laughs> you're like,
0: wait, no, 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 it's Solo,
1: oh, Solo, it's you're right, solo. solo, okay, Solo, in the Solo trailer, you're all, wait, he was in Guardians of the Galaxy, he was a Ravager, or Revenger, whatever you called Ra- it. I
0: said Ravager. Did you? Yes, I did. I said it right. Because I said that um, Han Solo is going to join the Ravagers.
1: I can't think of his name right now, though, which is irritating me. I, I said it that time. I'm like, how dare you? That's what's his face. And now I can't think of it because I'm on the spot. He was walking dead. Daryl's brother. God rest his soul. His one-armed soul. It does come in handy to inspire the crew, though. Getting back to Jack and his motivational Matt Foley. like Meryl Dixon? No, that, well, Mar- Meryl oh, that's was the his, name.
0: Oh, that's his name.
1: Meryl was his name.
0: Uh-oh. <laughs> B-I-N-G-O.
1: B-I-N-G-O. I mean, you don't want a captain who you don't believe in. That's for one thing. That's true. He may not know exactly what he's doing all the time, but that's not the important part. The only thing that really matters in the short term is your ability to make everyone think you know what you're doing. That's the true trick. And Jack does that really well. Yeah, I knew what you were going to say. You're going to go, Jack Talk tie, Jack Talk tie very well. No, Jack Talk Mzoko, Jack Talk Mzoko, very well. Did the Mythbusters happen to check out if you could bounce yourself off the spit or the supports of the spit? Whatever those things are called.
0: Michael Roker.
1: Amber, to believe you came up with that all of a sudden. Yes, I did. Oh, I can't believe. I remember remember when Michael Roker was a young lad and he was this Woody on Cheers. Ah, oh, those are the days.
0: <laughs> I confuse all kinds of people. No kidding, you do. Because <laughs> I think I was
1: starting to say, to try and get things back uh. on track, did the Mythbusters happen to check if you could bounce yourself off the spit there, since you probably missed <laughs> what I was saying?
0: Not not that i seen, but I didn't research it. But I was going to ask you that question.
1: Seems like that would be pretty difficult to do.
0: Right. I was going to ask you if if that was even possible. I don't know. And if it was even possible, if he bounced, okay, let's say he was able to bounce on it. Wouldn't the sucker break before it actually bounced out?
1: Not necessarily. Bamboo, pretty strong. Okay. Bendy. Okay. Like a gymnast. There you go. But could
0: he get enough leverage and bounce high enough in that position? We should try it.
1: I was going to say that, and I think that you're a perfect candidate for that. And we'll film that, and we'll put it up at, or maybe do a Facebook Live, Pirates of the Caribbean Facebook Live. We're going to tie Heather up. We'll put her over fire for effect, and then have her bounce off that spit and see if that happens.
0: I'm not sure we can find a big enough piece of bamboo around here.
1: Oh, we can get one. If we're going to actually do this, I will get one.
0: I will have one shipped in
1: from the bamboo forest of China if we're going to do this. And I think everybody else would agree that this is worthwhile.
0: <laughs> if you if anything if, sounds okay, like a GoFundMe page,
1: wait. this is GoFundMe.
0: If you did this, I would do it.
1: Oh man, challenge accepted! Oh, <laughs> would
0: so do it. I
1: really need to think. We need to do this now because I'm going to see if I can find Bamboo. I then.
0: really want to think. I really want to see if it's even possible to bounce off that. And what, another thing, the Pelagosos never thought about somebody trying to bounce off the thing here because they put both short ends on one side. Well, they don't ever the just
1: go anywhere. It's not like they ever leave the dinner just sitting there twirling on that.
0: Only if the chief tells them to.
1: Yeah, but come on, they usually don't do that. They they cook and as they're standing there. So there's nobody has a time to do that. Right. And you can tell how Heather is so animated tonight. That's because this episode brought to you by Jameson Ranch. Fine <laughs> wines. Oh yeah. It's wine time for Heather. No, seriously, there's wine in the studio. <laughs> where's the rope? Okay, we're going to get I back I thought you were going to say, where's the rum? No, we're, oh, we know where the rum <laughs> is. It's gone and you've moved on to wine. But where's the rope suspending the bone cage? I thought the rope stretched across the ravine, this chasm. And then the cage had a rope that connected to the main rope. But when they successfully make it to the top, I didn't see a rope stretched across. Shouldn't you still see the main rope?
0: The one that goes from one side to the other? Yes.
1: I didn't see them.
0: Maybe it just because the way the picture was, there wasn't there.
1: Or is the rope connected at a lower point, not the very top where they climbed up to? So they're at a higher point. Oh, maybe. I don't know.
0: Again, that puts into question how they even get people in the bone cage.
1: Well, that's right. Exactly. I don't know how they do that. Will does say that he needs to cut the rope to free themselves. Yeah, he does. Find a rock. They're still attached. God. (laughs) They're still attached. You hear my voice crack? It's like Peter freaking Brady here. (laughs) When it's time to change. It happened last season too. Now I got to redo that whole bit? Damn it. So it seems like I'm missing something. They're pulling on some of the hanging vines, but the cage should still be tied to the main anchor rope. Even Leech's bone cage didn't break its anchor rope. It just snapped the one that connected the cage to the main rope. Yeah. I just don't see them there. So I think that they got rid of that when they were doing this shot. Maybe Fancy was- movie magic thing going yes. on there. You notice quite a few colors on the face paints of the Pelagostos as well.
0: Did you see the skeleton man?
1: Yeah, he was pretty cool.
0: Oh, yeah. I was trying to figure out if, if he was actually wearing a skeleton face mask. You know, actually took part of a skeleton, uh, skull and put it on his head. I don't think so. Or if it was all painted. I think it was painted. Because it was really cool looking. And all his rib bones and you know were all showing and... He's yeah. really neat. Well, th-
1: and speaking of that guy, because.
0: Oh, you have something on that guy? No. Oh.
1: <laughs> Even on the piercings, there's a lot of like black and white imagery, a lot oh, of yeah. black and white colors here. Yeah. And the Caribs did paint their faces as well. And this is something that we discussed and we've seen in this movie. Maybe not exactly these patterns, but they're quite colorful. And I tried to find some specific meanings of the colors, especially the black and white, since we did see this color pop up all over the place. Maybe it's as simple as opposites, yin and yang, or something like that. But I didn't quite find anything in my, let's just say, exhaustive search, which translates to quick Google search. No, this is a quick Google search. I did come across some color meanings for other Native peoples, though. American Indian specifically, maybe it has some similar significance. Actually, most colors had different representation based on when the color of the face paint was used. Like your everyday face paint that you might have. And then your uh, war paint.
0: Okay, you have colors then?
1: Yes, I do. I said I have meaning of colors. It's a whole chart. Well, let's go then. Okay, black. If it's just your standard face paint, victory and success. If it's a war paint that you're doing here, it's power, aggression, and strength. Red is faith, beauty, and happiness. And then war paint, war, blood, violence, and energy.
0: Hmm, that makes sense.
1: White, sharing, peace, purity, and light. And then if it's war paint, it's mourning. Which is interesting because the black and the white that we see all over the place, power, aggression, and strength, fits with the cannibals. And then maybe mourning fits with the white as well because they're mourning...
0: The chief.
1: The chief, potentially.
0: Mm.
1: You know, the god. Who they going to look up to? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, maybe there's some significance there. There's also yellow and orange, which we do see also in our Pelagosto people, which is intellect and determination. But if it's on a war paint, it's willing to fight to the death, mm. which is interesting. Green is nature, harmony, and healing. And then on the other spectrum, there with war paint, it's endurance and vision. Blue, wisdom and intuition. And then war paint style, confidence. Purple is a sacred color and symbolized power, mystery, and magic. And that sim- stretched across war paint and regular face paint.
0: It's kind of interesting because if you think about those colors and the way we think of them, you know, those, especially like the purple, the blue, the green, you know, the white, the black. They and even the red, they all kind of fit to what you would think of them. Yeah. You know, green. You think when you think of green, you think of grass, you think of trees, and I think it's probably
1: there's underlying symbolism across a lot of cultures where these colors came from. Yeah. As you know, people start to connect with other cultures they realize that there's some things that are the same or they adopt certain things from some cultures or hear things and then that kind of just moves through the world
0: well we could
1: because we even purple like right. a royal color that's always kind of had this symbolism of power and and then even if maybe magic like wizards and things wore purple it just wasn't a common kind of color for that right and then here it's also like this power mystery and magic color yeah So it's interesting. I
0: think we also look to nature for a lot of our colors and the meaning of our colors, you know. And so it's really kind of interesting that even though, you know, they, these colors represent certain things to the Native Americans is a lot of what they represent to us. Well,
1: like yellow would typically in our society, maybe if you're yellow, you know, you're. Cowardly. Yeah. Yeah. But here it's like willing to fight to the death. But yeah. I think yellow has some other stuff like intellect and determination is actually a more common color for yellow yeah. these days. Than yeah. Unless you're calling somebody yellow, yeller.
0: <laughs> I think that was only back in the cowboy days. <laughs> yeller, what are you, yeller? <laughs>
1: Don't call me that. So that's all I got. Anything else on your end? Or are we ready to wrap up minute thirty nine? Oh, you do have Marty.
0: Stuff. What Did about see Marty, Marty helping here?
1: I saw Marty.
0: He's climbing. He's actually climbing to the top of the bone cage, right? and kind of helping to roll it forward.
1: Marty does his part.
0: He does. He I does was what like, he can. Go Marty.
1: He's creating some like the weight at the front of this to help roll it over. Right. So he's actually helping with this rolling process. He's doing
0: a good job at it. Exactly.
1: Too. Plus it's better to be doing that than actually what happens, you know, when they all start tumbling down and start rolling with it. Yeah. He's at least trying to stave off that process, but it doesn't yep. happen.
0: And then I had a uh, thing about the Jack being tied up on his his bamboo.
1: Really? So you're gonna circle all the way back after yeah. we pass that? What? No,
0: because it comes out after Marty. After okay, you see Marty, what? it goes in order. Jack's not tied up very well, though. When he could break his feet out like that easily.
1: Yeah, there's some definitely movie unless, leeway there. Unless,
0: like you were saying, they were they weren't technically they weren't gonna leave. So there was no reason to tie him up to the point of so he couldn't break free. They more because, wound him up as opposed yeah. to tied him up. Yeah, because they what weren't going to go anywhere. So that's they're not he told planning him to. Leave. to yeah. yeah,
1: I mean they already realized that he's going to escape and doesn't want this, which we can talk Escape-y. about in the next minute. Yes. Yeah. So there you go.
0: Okay, that's it for me.
1: Okay, finally we can wrap it up. My God, so that's Happy Monday to everybody. So we'll be back on Wednesday with minute forty of dead man's chest until then scallywags let's keep the horn swoggling to a minimum out there
0: and the wine a flowing
1: the wine is a flowing clink <laughs> yeah we got a lot of wine in here <laughs> you've been listening to the black pearl show and we appreciate it scallywags <laughs> I know you're still on pirate time and kicking back with the booze but you may have noticed actually who am i kidding the only thing you've noticed lately is the inside of the faithful bride tavern anyways our procrastination has paid off yet again and season two is here and we are willfully unprepared maybe we can distract people with a jack sparrow wave of the hands and send people across that thing called the internet check us out on facebook.com slash pirates of the caribbean minute twitter.com slash men instagram.com slash pearl show soundcloud.com slash pirates of the caribbean that's for best of clips and by all means give us a plug and review on itunes we'd appreciate it mateys oh and let's not forget the facebook cursed crew listeners group for post-episode discussions that's actually a lot to remember especially if you're in a foggy haze like heather just go to blackpearlshow.com and everything is there at the click of a button perhaps i should have just said that from the beginning